What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Raw and Unscripted with yours truly, Christopher Roush. I'm your No Excuses Coach, and I am here to help you guys take away the blockages, take away the negative beliefs and the negative self-talk, take away all those self-limiting actions that you're doing and the self-sabotaging for you to actually change your mind and your mindset about what it is that you've experienced in your life in order to have a kick-ass life. I'm Christopher Roush, your host, and I'm excited to be here with you guys tonight. And we have an amazing show for you. As always, ladies and gentlemen, I'm celebrating four-year anniversary of the Raw and Unscripted show. I'm so excited. I can't believe that it's been since 2019 that I've been doing this show, and it's been a labor of love. There is no labor involved in it because it is Raw and Unscripted. It's all from my heart. But we're celebrating tonight show number 247. And uh, that's pretty that's pretty uh, cool, because when you think about the fact of what it is that we talk about here on the show, they talk about consistency. We talk about discipline. We talk about showing up day after day after day. And sometimes people would think after four years that I should be more popular, but I'm more popular than I was three years ago. And I'm more popular than I was two years ago. And I'm, it's not about the popularity. It's the fact that I'm impacting more and more lives around this beautiful thing we call the world. And you guys know I'm an inclusive person. So this show is all about the fact that how we can rewire ourselves so that we can become better within ourselves become better within our families, be better within our communities, be better within our jobs and feed that out so that we can make this world a better place for who we are and what we do. And that's my intention every single day that I wake up in the morning is that I can use my words, my actions, my experiences to make this world a better place, no matter how it is that I feel. Sometimes I don't feel necessarily the best and we still show up. You still show up because why? Because you have a big enough why you sit there and say, because I don't feel like it. That's a bullshit excuse. And you guys know that I'm a no excuses coach. So if you don't feel like it, but do you feel like the result? Part of it is that motion in motion. It's like the fact that we have to sit there and put ourselves in that place to sit there and say, I'm really, really disciplined. I'm really going to do my best. And one of the things we're going to be talking about tonight on the show is how we can remove those self-limiting blockages, how we can sit there and reframe our mindset about what has happened in our past, because my belief is this, and this is what the show is going to be prefaced on. Everything that has happened in your life and in my life and everything that is happening now in our lives currently is what is preparing us for what's next. So when you think about that, everything that's happened, everything that's happening is preparing us for what's next. And my guest tonight, we were already having a fire conversation before we even hit the record button tonight. Um, so I'm excited to have him on here. He's a dear friend of mine. I've been on his shows. He's been on our shows with uh, with his co-host. We're just looking forward tonight to having a great conversation. So I encourage you, I encourage you, write this shit down, write it down, not only write it down, but then create some action items for yourself, Fo create some follow-up for yourself, create a little mini action guide for yourself and say, hey, listen, the stuff that I learned in this program, I'm going to dedicate myself over the next three months to really implement these things on a consistent daily basis. And let's see what changes in my life. Because if you continue to do what you've always done, you will continue to get what you've always got. And I believe that is Dr. Wayne Dyer. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Raw and Scripted Show, my brother, Mr. Brian Cowell. What's going on, Brian? What's, What's going on, on man? man? Good to see you, man. Thank you for being here. I feel like I'm in the ring ready to you know, give somebody a pile driver or something. Let's go, pile driver. Give me you, know a many, you know what's funny? When I had long hair, how many times I got in public people thinking that I was a, a, a wrestler? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There, I can't even remember the names. One of them was this biker dude. I can't remember the the <laughs> something. The kids across the street, his dad said, hey, my kids want to my kids want to know if you're the crusher or something. some biker dude. That's like, <laughs> I used to be like a, really big. And I was like, no. I said, but that's kind of funny. But yeah, every once in a while I had that. But now it's never a wrestler on TV. You Welcome need to, to do show, some brother. of those like little small uh, wrestling events where you're the, the PA announcer. Yeah. Welcome to the ring. <laughs> Are you ready to rumble? Oh. Actually, I saw midget wrestling one time. That was a fucking gas. Oh my God. Those guys were hilarious, but they did not smell well. No, <laughs> no. one of them got thrown in our at direction. And I was like, wow, dude, you no musk, no, 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 no deodorant. They don't, they don't pay them enough to uh, know. Sure that uh, their bodily hygiene is on par. <laughs> Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't really want to go, but I, I wound up going with a bunch of friends of mine here in, uh, in Southern California. There's a town called Norco, so it's like a cowboy town, and that's where you have to go to see midget wrestling. Apparently, so it was a very interesting people watching experience for me that night because I don't I don't don the cowboy hat or the cowboy boots uh, <laughs> at all. So it was a it was a fun night, but it was a, it was all an experience. But anyways, we're here to talk about your experiences tonight. And my first question for you, Brian, given what yeah. we've just talked about before we even went live, and we were talking about some fire stuff. In your place where you're at right now, yeah. knowing what I do here on the show, what do you want to get across most to people tonight? When you're thinking about what it is that you have in your heart of hearts to get to people tonight, it's the beginning of the year. We're in January. People are thinking resolutions. They're thinking the new me, new year, new me. What is it in your heart you want people to really fucking digest in this conversation? Then let's go dig in it. Sure. Number number two, there's nothing wrong. Okay. If you're alive and you're functioning, we're all dealing with struggles, but you're alive and you're here. 
right? Yep. Number one, that's fact. Number two is is that it is it goes back to when I when I do coaching, right? And I often look at all the excuses of why people, and I'm talking like hands-on, master of ceremony, storytelling, where you're up in front of a camera for two days, it's intense, you're doing takes, you're giving your heart out by every take that you do on video and wow. about what your delivery is. Are you willing to confront yourself? Can you talk to, can you go deeper on that? Yeah, sure. Are you willing to confront yourselves where it's like, you know, maybe, you know, and everybody that's watching this check for yourself, it's like, you know, in my industry, it's like, you know, leave your ego at the door is a common expression when it comes to training or education, but it goes a lot deeper than that. That's like the bumper sticker. Right. And I learned about this a couple of years ago because I'm like, okay, I, I spent some time and I'm a big psychology guy. It's one of my degrees. And so mm -hmm. I'm like, there's, there's gotta be a deeper root of why people don't train, whatever it is. It doesn't matter if it's for a profession or personal development or whatever. And it's like a lot of them were bumper stickers, but then I took on all the excuses I've ever heard over 30 years. Right. And the, what I, what I was left with was in, in the macro sense is somebody that's unwilling to confront themselves like deep yeah. down to their core, the, the, the truth and the honesty of where they're at. Right. They continue right. to lie to themselves thinking they're going to get away with it. Right. Is that right. what you're saying? What I'm saying is, is because number one, everything like their, their presence is, is usually external. You know, they have a big name, they have a big following. A lot of people, you know, aspire to be them. Yeah. But what what but that's all external. We don't know what's really going on inside. Right? Oh, yeah. Why does somebody resist in doing training? Okay. And obviously people are gonna find out their own understandings or even if they care. But for me, that's where it hits the fan. You're unwilling to confront yourself. But because it's like you, you can take all the accolades or what you hear about certain training or whatever, but the only thing that matters is, and I remember getting in heated debates with people where I'm like, it's easy to say what this training is when you've never done it before. Number two is it, people that have done the training before, you hear about why they did it. Like maybe their intention was to prove people wrong or to disrupt the chain versus like do what the training is by design, right? To get the results. And so going back to what you asked me is like, number one is everything's okay. And number two is, um, are you willing to confront yourself? Because, and this is a daily journey or, you know, I don't want to speak for you, Christopher, but we do this every day. If yeah. It's really important to you. Right. But the biggest thing that you're always going to be playing a game with is yourself in the form of your mindset. All mm. the, you know, and I suffer from anxiety and depression and don't, don't get me wrong. Those demons are there every day. Oh, yeah. but, what, but, you know, kind of like going back to that old um, uh, about the Indians, right? Which which one do you feel? Right? Yeah, the wolf. Or which yeah. wolf? Which wolf yep. do you feel? Do you do you feel, you know, the the one about, uh, you know, the one for the good in you or the one that's not so good in you? Mm -hmm. And that's a daily choice. Right. And what I realize, at least for myself, is that all of this can be broken up into three different things. If you're not feeling well. If you're a little off kilter, it can be broken down to three simple things. Are you getting proper sleep, right? Whatever that is, everybody's DNA is different, okay? Mm -hmm. For me, it's anywhere between uh, six and three quarter hours and seven and a half, right? That's my sweet spot because if I get less, I'm a little groggy. I might have mm -hmm. more of, of, a, of a dependency with caffeine. But if I get more than that, I'm more like a zombie, right? Yeah, I feel you. Number two is proper diet, whatever that looks like, right? Yep. And then number three is exercise. You know, for me, I'm uh, over 1400 days in a row walking miles, you know, four to 20 miles a day, you know, outside in the frigid temperatures of Wisconsin, you know, so look at yourself. It's like, okay, because it's a domino effect. If you yeah. get lack of sleep on a consistent basis, you're probably going to make bad food choices. You're probably going to be irritable. You know, all of this affects everything and it's a domino effect. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, hopefully that answers your question. You know, no, it does. It does. No, thank you, brother. I appreciate that. And, and there's, it's funny because I know that we share a brain. We've talked to this about this over the years that we've known each other is I tell people it's the five. So I'm going to build on what you said. So yeah. definitely agree with those. So I call it the five. I'm like, it's hydration, yeah. hydration, nutrition, sleep, exercise, and vitamin D. That's so I found right. in my own personal life, yeah. looking back on when I was out of sorts, 
what things were missing in my life. And so I got an aura ring. I, I, I track my sleep every night. And so I started realizing I'm like, before I used to be like, Oh, I only get three or four hours of sleep a night. It was like my little badge of honor, you know, and I was burning myself. I was in my twenties and my thirties. So you can kind of do that back then. Yeah. Um, but then I started realizing I'm like, God, I go to sleep exhausted and I wake up tired. People would come to work and they'd be like, Oh my God, I feel so refreshed when I wake up in the morning. I'm like, I have never felt that. I have never <laughs> felt refreshed in the morning. And so I started biohacking sleep. I spent about a year, year and a half biohacking sleep and just reading all the stuff about sleep and the deep sleep and the REM sleep and the circadian rhythms and the, you know, are you a, are you a, a late nighter or an early morning? You know, you got to, you got to your chronotype and all this different stuff. And so I started tracking my, my sleep with it. And I started realizing, okay, wow. When I eat late, guess what? My, I don't get deep sleep. My heart elevated during the night, my body temperature is higher. So I'm not getting, okay, so stop doing that. And I start realizing that. So out of all those different things, and even in the vitamin D standpoint, I went 14 days without seeing the sun here in Southern California, which is crazy because they say it doesn't rain in Southern California, but it's raining right now. But one time years and years ago, I finally, I finally sat, I finally found that there was this point and, and I do, I don't suffer with the anxiety and depression. I deal with it. I don't suffer with it. So I want to, I'm, I'm a little clarifying that, but I do, I do have those challenges by all means. Yeah. I'm not perfect. People sit there and think, Oh, you're always so positive and happy. I'm like, you don't see me in between. I just know how to get myself out of that a lot quicker than I used to right. rather than taking six months. It used to take six weeks. And then it took six days. Now I can probably get out of it in about six hours. Mm -hmm. But part of me likes to go down that rabbit hole in order to find out what it is I'm supposed to be learning about myself. So I don't try to eliminate it because it makes me grow. But anyways, that's the other part. Um, so I found out that I didn't see the sunlight and I found I was depressed. I was like, Oh my God, I feel so sad. And I feel just despondent. I was driving home and I just felt like crying. I was listening to yacht rock radio and I was like, Christopher <laughs> sailing takes me you know, instead of like an iron maiden. I was like, I was like, Oh wait, 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 Chris, you haven't seen the fucking sunshine in like 10 days. And then once the sun came out, I felt better. So I made it a point that it, when it was, you know, in the wintertime, I supplement with vitamin D or I found out that simple as 10 minutes of walking outside every single day can help you. So I started taking a 10 minute walk at the middle of the day. I called it my midday reset. I would go out and listen to some positive vibes or, you know, binaural beats or whatever it was, get some vitamin D. And I found out if I took care of those five areas, especially the hydration part, uh -huh. um, you know, amazing stuff starts to happen. But I want to go back to what you, what you said before you, when we said confronting ourselves, because I think that's important. You know, that honesty, I was just telling somebody the other day and I said, why do you keep lying to yourself thinking that you're going to, you're going to believe that? Right. Like you keep lying to yourself. Do you realize how fucking stupid that is? And they're like, well, it's not really lying. I'm like, what do you call it? Well, it's, <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of giving myself, I'm like, no, you're lying. Just be honest with yourself and stop doing it. And guess what? Things will change. But how do you, how do you recommend somebody go through that process of confrontation? And, and is it, is it, is it a timeliness thing? Is it, is it like, you just have to be ready to do it is, or is it something you can create in, in a confrontational standpoint, but a learning standpoint? Talk yeah, great, me. great question. I think it's uh, where you got to separate yourself from people. I really do. And not in a bad way, but just in a way where, you know, like, like Harvey McKay said, we're, we're our own biggest project, right? <laughs> we're the single biggest project we're ever going to, we're ever going to uh, maneuver and all of that. I, and what I mean by that is that, you know, I, I've separated myself from the, the, the noise, the, the, you know, the, the, you know, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago offline about all the, you know, divisiveness of the world and all of these different things. You really have to stop that, right? Mm -hmm. you, you know, you really have to come in your own based on your core belief system, what you value. And that's another thing. If you haven't defined it, you never can live it, you know? So I think it's really the, the first step would be is to cut out all the noise, right? So you can just focus on you and nobody else, right? Yeah. Number two is I think you have to be very harsh on yourself in terms of uh, now I've got training in the performing arts and theater. So it's like that those critiques and all of that, there's a distinction there is that it's not personal, right? It's based on your performance of what you delivered on stage, right? So right. there's a theater background element to that, which if you don't have it, I get it. It might be a little different for you. Um Number two is, is I think you got to have the utmost integrity. You know, your integrity has got to be so spot on. And what a lot of people think is, is that it's, it's like a one-time thing. And it's like, no, it's day by day, right? Yep. Every day that you're granted. And if, and if you're out of integrity, just restore it yeah. right away. First thing, if you're running late with somebody, restore it. Hey, I get, I didn't leave as early as I should. I just want to let you know, they're probably going to look at you crazy because <laughs> The way that the world is, it's like, you know, that's just kind of commonplace where people are late, but they don't own up to it. And then yep, all of a sudden true. that becomes a, a cultural um, uh, normalcy, if you will. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of like, hey, your time is valuable 
and it should be to the point where you value their time more than you do yours because clearly you didn't value yours otherwise you would have been there early you know and um you know number three i would have to say is this uh, quiet time you know thinking yeah. time you know uh, one one of my great mentors who uh, uh it's it's a husband and wife team that i've done 10 other workshops is that they've instilled into me three questions they, they live in your state they live in mammoth lakes oh, and wow. They've instilled in, into me, and this was over 20 years ago. Uh, they've seen me at my worst. They've seen me through all the different stages of development, and they saved my life, right? They're one of the Beautiful. contributing people. Is that there's three questions that they instilled into me. How good do you want to be? How hard do you want to work? How fast do you want to get there? The, the beautiful part in all of this is because you have to take on these questions. You have to do the work. It's your life. I love when it. When people start deflecting and they, you know, like even like, uh, um, and I'm also a leg, I, li I listen to language and how people communicate things based on the person that you were just talking about, right? About their situation. Right. They have non-committal language that they're using. You know, mm -hmm. they're not definitive. Well, maybe or whatever. It's like, no, 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 no. This is not a maybe world, right? Yeah. Either do or don't. Take, what's that? Either do or don't. Correct. 100%. <laughs> And so I would say that those are, are three things just right, you know, top of mind that uh, because the thinking part, uh, you know, and this goes back to one of my mentors, Jeffrey Gittimer, is yeah. that one of the things that's usually never on our schedules because of how fast paced our lifestyle is this thinking time. Mm, so being, true. So true. Being, being grounded in what you need to do and why. Right. You're free of all the noise. You cut yourself off from the world a little bit just to think about passion projects or what you want to do with your life or what you got going on this week it can be as as micro or as macro as you want but it, it's time for you mm -hmm. you know and like dr stephen covey talked about and i think that his methodology can be a way of life where you know where you take deposits and withdrawals yeah and you bring it to life where it's mm -hmm. like okay are are you giving out more of yourself withdrawals than you're taking in in terms of deposits it's true. right and it's like, no wonder why you're tired, because you've got nothing in your tank. Mm -hmm. you know, I was giving it away. Things. Correct. Mm -hmm. And so that thinking time is, and obviously, depending on how you're wired, you might be a morning person or a night person. There is nothing better in the morning than to wake up at five or six, cup of coffee, pajamas, a notebook or a good book, and a cup of coffee, and I'm rolling. Yeah. Where before the craziness of the day, I'm grounded in something that's important to me. And I fully believe that there's a selfish component in this in a good way. Where yeah, you need to be selfish for you. Yeah. Because if there's no you, you can't do that for other people. It's true. It's true. You know, it's funny. You remind me of my son's seven. <laughs> Excuse me. About three or four years ago, we had a book that was um, basically something like fill, how to fill a bucket or filling buckets or something like that. Yeah. And essentially the bucket, yeah, you, you know what I'm talking about. So it's, it's like you can't fill from an empty bucket. So the whole basis of the story was you got to fill from your own bucket. You shouldn't have holes in your bucket. You can't pour into somebody else's bucket if they have holes in their bucket, you know, just talking about that. And I love that. I use that analogy so many times that I ask people, I'm like, so, so, you know, who do you love on a scale of one to 10? And usually 99% of the time, it's either their spouse or their kid. I'm like, okay, so your kid, what's your kid's name? Jeremy. I'm like, on a scale of one to 10, how much do you love Jeremy? A 10. I'm like, okay, now I'm going to ask you a different question. I need you to be 100% honest with me. And I'm doing it over Zoom all the time. I'm like, how much do you love yourself? Uh -huh. Oh, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm probably a, maybe a six. I'm like, okay, so talk to me about that. Why isn't it an eight? Why isn't it a nine? I mean, it's never going to be perfect, but why aren't we up there? And seven doesn't matter because everybody wants to pick seven because they're, so I always tell people on one to seven, they can't pick seven. And you yeah. find people like, oh shit, now I'm going to be found out. Either they're not doing enough or I better be really into it because he's going to ask me some questions. But you know, when you sit there and find out about it, I'll ask him like, so you, you're, you're loving yourself a six. So you're taking care of yourself a six, but you're saying you love yourself, your, your son a 10. I'm like, do you see the disparage in that? Do you see the incongruence in that? You're telling him, oh baby, you got to eat good. You got to take care of yourself. You got to get proper sleep. But what are you doing? What examples are you setting? Because well, I feel guilty and I feel this and I feel this. And I'm like, what would it feel like not to feel like that? What preconceived notions, what beliefs are you hanging on to from your childhood that are causing those beliefs? And if you didn't think those anymore, how much different would your relationship with your son be? And how much more would he be thriving? Because now you'd be operating at a 10. Right. Well, and how much of that is he actually believing just by observing what you're doing or not? Right, doing? right. Kids are smart. 
even from an early, early age, I've talked to so many kids. Like when we talk go back to their childhood, like Mike, so talk to me about your parents when you were four years old. Like, oh, we knew they were miserable, but they stayed together for another 10 years. And they basically taught us kids what not to do, but that's what we went all and did. And now they're in their forties. And now I've realized I spent 20 years being married to a guy that I hated because that's what my parents did. I'm like, okay, okay. I see, you know, you start seeing like Tony Robbins says success leaves clues or there's always going to be patterns and you can kind of get that. So that's why we always encourage people to shift their beliefs about something. So my question to you is, and I've done a little bit of research, so I kind of think I know what the answer is going to be, but talk to me about a low point in your life where you had to really kind of get serious with yourself and have that confrontational conversation with yourself to say, Hey, listen, the Brian Kelm that, that is, that was, cannot be anymore. And talk to us about that transition because you're a smart, bright guy. And I want people to see where you, where you got that from, because you've got it from personal experience. And I know that. So talk well, to me it was, that. it was a very pivotal time in my life where, uh, I was, uh, womanizing, um, I was partying too much. Um, and, uh, I was, uh, I fell asleep in a, at the wheel of a vehicle and I hit a tree. I almost got killed in a car accident and uh, had to be cut out. And, uh, I don't know if I was going to live or die, you know? And, uh, they didn't, uh, it, it happened in 2009. So it's coming up on, let's see here to be 15 years in June on June wow. 14th of, uh, of this year. And then, um, nine months after that, my dad passed away unexpectedly. So Ooh, you dealt with my, a lot. Yeah. The <clears throat> 2009 to 2010. Um, and, and I've done some uh, training that specifically helped me out landmark worldwide, which, um, is, is very good training. Um, and don't believe what you say, what they say about it online for the naysayers, but, uh, it really helped clarify what was important to me, what mattered, but also though, why my life was spared. And I try to be a spiritual person. However, though, me and the higher power have battles at times. (laughs) Right. Um, but I'm a firm believer that my, my life was spared for something else. And it's not about me. My life is not about me. And, uh, I mean, I, let me just give everybody a kind of a view of, who I was. I mean, I was trying things in business that were way ahead of the time, right? I would have kept trying. It didn't work. I kept trying. It didn't work. And I really took it out of myself, right? Hung around some questionable people. Um, you know, my behaviors were not, you know, reminiscent upon gentlemen like at all. And, um, I was in a funk. I was in a bad funk and I'm an only child. So it's not like I had, you know, brothers or sisters to coach me. Right. And so, um, you know, anybody that's a, you know, that, uh, was, was an only child, you, you found stuff out on your own. You were independent with other, you know, you, 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 your parents, your parents wanted to give you everything as much as they could, but they didn't know because they didn't have any other children to practice on. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, uh, I was the type of person that I was, uh, I would not go to family gatherings because I was busy working on my business. And I would just uh, isolate myself, right? I had a certain view of the world that it was very about me. It was about, I, I only care about my work and being successful at it. Uh, there was many family gatherings I never went to. And uh, I remember, uh, and I was even the type of person where even asking, um, I, I, my, I was not in the military, but plenty of my family members were. And so I grew up with that mindset. Yeah. Uh, G- German and Irish family. Oh, uh, you think, yeah. <laughs> you, a little you, bit of a temper, huh? Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. And uh, have party nature. You know, they, right. they like to they like to throw it on and have fun and eat lots of good food. But it was it was a period of time in my life where I would I felt like it was a weakness to even ask somebody to open up a door for me. That's what my mindset was, is because it was how I was trained. It was how I was programmed as a child yeah. where you do it, you, you do it, you figure it out. Correct. Mm-hmm. And, uh, as are you result- grateful for that? Are you grateful for that now? Because I, I think in my life, I was just telling my wife this the other day is that as much as my mom pushed me, like if I didn't rake the leaves, right, she would dump them out and make me rake them again. <laughs> that kind of shit all the time. Didn't clean out the litter box, right. She'd pour it back in, do it again. Make sure you did it right. As much as I never, ever, ever want to repeat that stuff. And I had to go back and write it about it in my book in a roundabout way. I'm grateful because she did teach me some tough lessons that I'm really glad I learned because I see in my son that I don't do that with him and I'm seeing, and I'm wondering, am I setting him up for, for a lack of success because I'm not harder on him. Right. Well, so do you, so do you, are you grateful for those now? I I am grateful because the way I look at uh, work ethic, 
the way I look at integrity, the way I look at, uh, you know, uh, taking action, right? And all of that, it's like, you know, that that's a huge thing that my parents instilled in me and I see it every day, right? We've got some uh, generations out there where they have not uh, been given that information or they've not been uh, coached in <laughs> yeah. that way. I'll just say that. Um, every generation has their dynamics, but hard work and effort uh, amongst what I've seen so far in the younger generations is lacking a little bit. I'm not a saying lot. it can't be there, but I'm just saying yeah. however they were programmed and raised is, is lacking or or what they think is hard work is is not not no. at all. Not <laughs> go work all. a fast food job for six months to two years and I mean, you'll find out about hard go do construction <laughs> oh yeah well i mean it, my my both of my parents i mean they're they uh eventually graduated high school but that was uh that was not within the cards i mean they they were both farm kids my dad was one of seven my mom was the youngest of 13 Whoa. and so yeah you know so <laughs> My mom, she's no BS. She's straight up like she can snuff uh, BS a mile away. I mean, she's got an attitude like she'll be the most authentic, cordial person. But if you cross her, good luck. Sounds to... <laughs> like my mom. Yeah, if you're not, if you're not without the cordial, without the cordial, real, she just she just tells you what's up. Oh yeah, yeah. It, and it's um, and it's not an acquired taste, but she really don't care, you know. And so I would have to say is that uh, what opened me up was that. Um, there are people that want to help you in the world. Yeah. Right. But I didn't have those lenses that I looked at life through because I didn't have that experience. Right. Uh, I was trapped for an hour and a half. I should have, you know, to give everybody a visual, I was uh, in a three quarter ton cargo van. And after the fact, I found out that, uh, uh, you know how most, you got the engine compartment in most vehicles right in front of you. Right. Right. Well, with a lot of cargo vans and those bigger uh, vehicles, is that the engine compartment goes at a slant. So it's not like you have the embrace of the full engine compartment, right? Right. And so my front seat was underneath the, the engine. If you can. Wow. Yeah. Dude, your life was uh, definitely spared for a reason. And to that's, the left. I mean, I've seen some of those pictures in other cars before, and you're like, how did that person? I mean, that's pure God. That's somebody was like saying, nope, not your time. But you see the accident, and you're just like, how did that happen? Well, and to the left, to the left of the tree was was a gas line, and to the right was a house. You know, and I ended up with uh, being on crutches for six months, no surgeries. I had a I had a couple broken ribs that they don't do anything about anymore, and then I had a couple broken bones in my left foot, and uh, it was uh, I had to learn how to walk with my with my with my arms because it's like the muscle memory of your legs that you can't use. Now you have to use your arms, right? Yeah. So you have to change your programming up here that. The, your motorboats, your feet are no longer your transportation anymore, you know, but then going in for surgery and going, or excuse me, going in for P, uh, PT appointments and all of that, where it's like, you know, asking somebody to get the door, you know, mm -hmm. what pain me to know tomorrow. But now I look at it as like, wow, you know, it's, uh, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to be of service to other people. It's okay to be humble. It's okay to um, let people in which has been a, a very difficult thing for me in my life because I've been screwed over so many times. So I'm like, I gotta do it anymore, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, my dad passed away nine months after that. And uh, that was, um, it, it was very difficult um, because it's like to hold it together for myself that my life has been spared, but then uh, why, is, why is this happening to me, you mm -hmm. know? But, Conversations uh, with God. <laughs> well, and I, I've had, um, some good friends over the years and, and i'm a firm believer in this is that and i've said this in other shows is that i'm i'm made up of everybody that i've ever witnessed good bad or other of course yeah you know my makeup Some is of, of everybody experience. how i think now what i do it, it's just the collection of everybody that i've ever had in my life it doesn't matter if it was a breakup or an axe or whatever it doesn't matter um i'm conditioned and i am who i am as a result of all those things happening and all those yep. people and so um my dad said a few things before he passed away as he goes, uh, no matter, um, uh, he goes, he said before one, one time before Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving before he passed away as he goes, Brian, I don't want to tell you how to live life, but if mom or I should pass away and you don't know your family, you're going to be pretty lonely. And so he just had a knack and a craft to put stuff on me. He was very yeah. intuitive, but not force it upon me. He still I let me make my own that. choices. Okay. And then something I live by every day 
is he said, what it, what is um, uh, what is popular might not always be right, but what is right might not always be popular. I love that one. You know, and so he he wanted me. The reason why he was hard on me as a kid is because he wanted me to thrive in the world. He didn't want me to just get by. Right. And and that's all mindset. That's all yeah. how you're trained. That's your how you're conditioned and hard work and you know really learning the best way, which is the hardest way. And uh, it it's what makes me who I am today. You know, and I get it. It's not my style is not for everybody, but I'm. I'm who I am and that's okay if somebody doesn't, you know, because a lot of people don't want it straight up. They, they don't want somebody that's very authentic and it's not going to puff. Your I have no idea what and, you're talking about, Brian. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I was just having, like, like I was just having the, and it's amazing to me about like how universal it is where it's just like, okay. Uh, about integrity where it's like, somebody says they're going to do something and then they don't do it. Okay. Yep. And then when you call them out, they're like, oh, I have plenty of integrity. Okay, well, that might be true, but you didn't show that in this circumstance. And, and that's then, where I go, tell me your definition of integrity. Yeah. That's, when I, some, that's something I've been doing, Brian, lately, is I've just been asking, not really on the show. I mean, sometimes on the show, <laughs> I mean, actually more on the show, actually, if I'm being honest, but I'll just, we'll bring up a word like, <laughs> oh, I did the best I could. I'm like, talk to me about your best. Yeah. You know, and so I've been asking people, okay, so you, you say you have integrity. What is your definition of integrity? Because perhaps your definition of integrity and mine are different. So we can have a conversation about that. And perhaps we could both walk away learning a little bit, something about what each other thinks is integrity. Cause maybe like, okay, well, I think integrity is this with the values and morals and okay, well, I think integrity is more of this. Okay, cool. Let's, let's try to see it in the middle because so oftentimes we don't talk about it and we both walk away thinking that the other person is wrong. Right. And that's one thing I've learned in my life that has been, I mean, such a huge blessing. You mentioned Kelvy earlier, seek first to understand, then to be understood. Mm -hmm. That thing has been massive in my life. I was, when I first started coaching, I was more of a relationship specific coach. I was helping people with relationships, personal, professional communication, listening, and, you know, assumptions and stuff like that, being able to deal with conflict management. And that was like my, that was my wheelhouse until I got so tired of hearing about people's relationships. I switched. <laughs> I was, I was like, I'm going to go mindset. I didn't want to be a mindset coach. I can't take, listen to this. And he did this and he did this. And then they did that. I'm like, Oh my God, shut up, shut up, shut up. You're making it hurt. You're making it worse. But in what we've been talking about, one of the things that I do care about you. And I realized um, that I appreciate about you. Um, is that you're real. And you just said that, you know, we're talking about your mom and being real. And obviously I'm who I am. I've been on that, that journey. I just showed, um, I think it was on last week's show. I did it by myself, but I actually showed a, a video of me speaking in a suit and tie without my hat on with my hair, when I grew my hair out and, uh, people were tripping out and I'm like, but do you think that person was happy? I was successful. I was very successful. I had the egoic validation. I was on stages. I was doing all these things, making lots of money, had my corporate job, six figures, blah, 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 buying shit. Everything was good. But I was unhappy inside because I wasn't real. Yeah. Talk to us about people watching and listening to this, how critical it is to be, get real with yourself. We talked about that before, that yeah. confrontational conversation. But how do we how do we get people to embrace and allow their true self to be to be exposed, I guess. And then, and to understand that if people around them don't get it, that that's okay, that it's, that you find your group. And when you find your group, that is what really truly empowers you and gets you to go. I've, uh, I was listening to something you had said before and you are the same. I've had to wish so many people in my life. Well, yeah. my own sister, I have a half sister. The only, we only shared little bits and pieces of our history together, but I realized I had to wish her well because she was a very, very toxic person. I've had to wish best friends well because we've changed. And I, Chris, you know, you always seem like you're too good and you're too this. And I'm like, I just keep growing. You're not growing. You're doing the same fucking thing. You've been bitching about the same thing for 16 years, dude. I can't take it anymore. I love you. I'll be there for you, but I'm just not going to go hang out anymore because I, I'm just elevating. I need to surround myself with the five people that I want to be like most. And I found through that process of being that, that authentic person that I have, you know, I've had to say goodbye to some people, but I've had so many more people like yourself. See, what's this guy about? Why is he wearing a bandana? Why is he sweating? He's, you know, and I've, I've attracted so many people that are part of my tribe. How can we get people to, to embrace their true self and attract their tribe is what I'm, I'm trying to get. At. I, I think, I think you need to take time away from, uh, to figure stuff out. Right. True. I mean, yep. obviously I I'm biased because I've had some stuff go on in my life. And if you haven't had that, that's okay. There's nothing wrong there. You're just going to go at it in a different way. But I think that you really need to be real with yourself. You need to stop the fakeness, you know, and if you don't, and if you don't think you are ask somebody that's going to be real and raw with you, yeah. no pun intended, but it, you need to ask somebody that's going to give it to you like a, you know, like an acting coach or something. They're going to be straight with you. 
Yeah. Somebody loves you and wants you to, yeah, you're going to, it's going to suck, but it's going to be better down the road. Cause I mean, there, there's too much of this pattern, you know, like somebody's asking for a, a critique or whatever out of both sides of their mouth mm -hmm. that they These want you to make say, me look fat. No, the pants don't make you look fat. You're fat. And right, you need to exactly. go to the gym and let's go. Come on. Let's both go to the gym. Or know? it's kind of like reviews today where it's like, okay, well, I want you to say all the good things about me, but hold back the stuff that can really make a difference. You know what I yeah. mean? Like puff out my chest. So back to the question, I, I, and I don't, the reason why I say that you have to start from within is because that's where the foundation is. You have to shut off all the noise, you know, and, and what I mean by that is all the stuff that's not essential, right? Yeah. You know, all the social media, all the whatever, right? If you have not identified what your commitments are to yourself and for your life, you got to start there, right? And yeah. I'm not a big goals person. I don't know. I just don't like it. I'd rather have commitments, right? Because commitments go above and beyond, in my opinion. Now, it might be semantics to some people, but I think commitments is that, okay, these go deeper, right? Versus a goal that may or may not happen, right? Right. So um, I, I say that you your self-belief. Because if you have not fully gone in to do an assessment of yourself, start there. Unapologetic. What do you mean by that assessment? What what's what's involved in that assessment? Do you go like you know mental, spiritual? Do you have like categories? How does that work? I would say have to say it's like okay, <clears throat> um, mental. You know, do, do you uh, do you wish you were somebody else? Right? Where are you? Are you rock solid mentally? Do you wish you were somebody else? Do you have to buy clothes to feel important? Right? Where are you on that level of? Are you okay in your own skin? Yeah. You know, or do you feel like you have to have this nice car or new nails or this new phone or something like that? Right. Because it's, it's either internal or external is, is everything we're talking about here. Right. And everything that is going to get you to the next level is all internal. It's all the, it's all the mindset work, all of it, every single bit of it. But then you also realize about all the external stuff. It's just a ploy. It's just a narrative that they want you to live into. True. But if you're vulnerable, because this is lacking and this is lacking. Well, then of course you're going to be vulnerable to things that if you have this product or have this, this way of life that everything's going to be great. Ask anybody that bought a brand new car when they didn't need a brand new car, how that works. <laughs> Was that what they call buyer's remorse? Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like, Oh, by the way, am I still, I, I have this uh, payment on this new car, but I still have my same old problems. Yep. Exactly. Right? Um, number two <clears throat> is, so it's everything internal. I would say it's the mental, it's the physical, right? What are you doing about what you got going on, right? Are you doing anything, right? right. One of the things that I learned um, to go against my anxiety is tell yourself, just get started. I'm mm -hmm. going to just start that. Tell Love yourself that, that yep. right? Imperfect because for, for me, I would have analysis paralysis about writing an article. It's due in a week. I got to get it going. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Well, all that anxiety is only pushing me away from ever get started on there as opposed to telling myself, I'm going to just start that. I'm going to write a line. Mm -hmm. I got my pencil. You get two I sentences down. And then you go with it. Okay. Yeah. Spiritual. Where are you at with that? Right. But also though, do you feel like you have to go to church? Do you feel like you have to declare a religion or whatever? You know, where are you at on that level? Because some people might be more open to that and want to do that in, in a certain way. But for me that, but you have to do it for you. You can't do it to please other people. That's a Amen. big difference. Yeah. You know, um, let's see your other layers. I mean, I, I would say the mental, the physical, the spiritual. Um, uh, let me see here. Mm. Mm. How do you do that? I mean, do you have a regimen? Do you have a schedule, a daily schedule, right? Or is it just kind of willy nilly, right? Do you have a journal? Do you write in a journal, you know? I write in a journal every day. A lot of the stuff Boom. is the same stuff. You Pick know, it back up. You know, it's like you declare <clears> like <throat> my one word that I've had for probably three or four years is disruption. Everything about my life is about disrupting everything to the most uncomfortable way that I know possible. Everything. So you so you do you subscribe to get to the Goggins principle a little bit? If he, I, 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 I like Goggins. I've I've read his books, but it, it's like if that is his thing, great. But it didn't come from that. Yeah. You know, because I'm the, I'm the type of person that is like, you know, the, I, I do my own thing. I am my own person, but I, I will find vulnerabilities in something not to call people out, but to be like, what is right? You know, 
is somebody serving you to the best of the abilities. Like you look for that, that piece that's missing, yeah. you know, we, you know, it's kind of like that, um, like uh, what Goggins talks about is like the 40%, right? Most people give 40% <laughs> or, or they give 60%, but they have 40% remaining. So just when, when they think that they're tapped out, no, they got more mm -hmm. to go. Yep. But they don't know that because they've never pushed themselves to that level before, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, let me see here. I'm listening. Uh, while you think about that, I'm listening to a book called the comfort crisis. Okay. It's really, really good. Really, really good. I, somebody told me I had to listen to it and I was listening to two other books and I was bored of them and I hadn't been listening to books in months. I'd like gotten out of the habit of reading and listening and I just like months and I'm normally like Johnny on the spot about reading and doing that comfort crisis. It's, it's really, really good. Comfort crisis. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, but you have to put your, you, you have to put yourself, you, you have to, you have to put yourself on the docket that you're going to work on yourself every day. Yeah. And you have to do it in an aggressive way. You can't, you can't do it in a very, oh, like very lollygag type no, of way. Discipline. Yeah, discipline. Make the commitment. Do 75 hard, right? Oh, 100%. You know, say, say you're going to do it and do it and don't look back. And it's and it's like, I don't want to sound cliche or whatever, but you have to do things that are uncomfortable. You always do, right? Every you week. Have, you, you Every week, every day, every minute, you have to do things that are uncomfortable. Have an accountability partner. But obviously that takes a lot because you have to have somebody that's going to kick your butt. Mm -hmm. Because what a lot of people, I can see it, and, I, and I've heard many people say, is that, oh, you're, you're being too harsh or whatever. It's just like, okay, no, I'm holding you accountable to what you declared you wanted out of your life. Yeah. How is that being hard on you if you were able to get everything that you've, that's been eluding you for years or weeks or months or whatever? Thank you. You know? That's what I have in my, I have a group accountability coaching program and not only do they have the accountability for me twice a month, but they also have weekly accountability from their accountability partners. Mm -hmm. And I had to get in their asses. I'm like, you give, if somebody says they're going to get it done, you've got to say, okay, why didn't you get it done? What was your excuse? How are you going to overcome that excuse next time? And if the person shows up again and say, are you fucking serious about doing this or not? If you're not serious about doing it, let's take it off the radar and let's do something else that you're actually going to commit to. And let's get you some results and some action so you can get some confidence and be able to do more. And it's I'm like, a, you have to, you have to be that proper person. I hate when I have accountability partners because 99% of them, I can find a way to sit there and say, well, you know, I was going to like, I've had so many people like Chris, where's your book? Chris, where, Chris, where's your book? And not, and people will say, well, you said you were going to get it done. I'm like, yeah, I know, but I had this come up and now I got to edit these things. They're like, okay, well, I, I'm looking forward to it. And he says like, okay, so when's your new date? What are you going to do? They're just like, okay, I'm looking forward to it. I'm like, damn, I wish somebody would get my ass about that. And I, I think another thing too, is that you, you, you need to get into a class. Right. You need to do something that disrupts your normal flow. Right. Yeah. One of the one of the like, like whether it's a coaching program, I mean, or a video program, if the dollars are not there to do something more hands on or weekly or whatever, uh, whoever that is, because you need to be shaken up because the more you get shaken up, it's just like the ball rolling. Once the ball gets rolling, you're going to want more of it because you're like, whoa. Right. You're seeing pieces of yourself that you never saw before. Right. Um, like like for me. Um, improv, you know, improv is such a great skill because it's universal for life. It's universal yeah. for everything. It's not just for, for performing arts. And so if you want to get out of your skin, there's a reason why one-on-one improv classes are anybody and everybody. You can have people that are doing it for dating, uh, to have better social skills because their occupation doesn't allow for it or whatever the case may be, yeah. get yourself to do something that is hard. Get yourself to do something that you have to commit to. You know, because if you fall short on it, at least you did it. Mm -hmm. But something that you can't predict or, and we talked about this earlier, where about the definitions of things, right? Yeah. I love it where when somebody, when somebody falls short on their goals is because they're defining the goal for themselves based on where they are versus being pushed into what it really is. Like, mm -hmm. let me give an example, like uh, my, my coaches from Mammoth Lakes, where whenever somebody's doing an interpretation for a first answer introduction or a love story or whatever it is, is that it's not uncommon for people to say, well, that's not what I normally do after they did a take on video, right? Mm -hmm. Well, then one of the instructors is going to say, well, do what you normally do because then I can critique it. I can offer yeah. coaching, right? People want to flee from not having that be examined so they know exactly what it is I can help you with. People get very sneaky about that, but you're not helping yourself unless you're willing to be put under the radar. You're not helping yourself true. at all. Yeah. 
I mean, that's the, that's one of the reasons why I'm where I'm at today is I've constantly done that. I've constantly sought that advice and as ugly as it's been in many situations, that's been, when I look back on my life, those have been breaking points, like yep. literal breaking points. Like I didn't think I could go back to school and get my GED after being a seventh grade dropout. Wow. But again, I, I rewrote my beliefs and I went back and I said, okay, fuck, I just got to take imperfect action. I just got to show up there. All I have to do is take the test. They're going to tell me they're going to validate it and I'll be done. I don't have to deal with this anymore. Right. I went and took the test. They're like, well, you're not too bad off. You know, you need about three months worth of, you know, remedial training. And I was in continuation of school. And then I went back and took the test and they said, you've graduated. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm done with that. And then the next thing was like, oh, Chris, you're going to go to college. I'm like, what the fuck do you want from me? <laughs> again, I just took, I took, I took the imperfect action. I walked up and walked up to Golden West Community College here in Southern California. I was like scared to death to walk through the door. Cause I was, and this is going to lead to my next question uh-huh. for you is I walked up to the door and I thought I'm going to walk through this door. They're going to laugh my ass off because I have a GED and I don't have a, I don't have a high school diploma like everybody else. And I'm gonna get ridiculed. And this is going to be embarrassing, but at least I can go back and drink beer and hang out with my friends. <laughs> walk through the door super long hair leather jacket just threw my cigarette out you know i'm all of 18 years old and uh got a beard and i walk in i'm not like any of these other kids right i'm walking in there like looking like a 30 year old man and i said hi i said i have no idea what i'm doing i said but i'd like to come to school here i have a ged do you guys accept those and she looked at me she goes oh we'll take care of you yeah of course we have geds we have women that get pre- or girls that get pregnant da, da, da. come on with me you know blah blah blah. three and a half hours later i walked out of there with a business major i walked out of there with my first class which was interpersonal communication class which i thought was stupid I'm like these fucking people think i can't talk like i'm literally in a fucking class to talk i was so mad i was so embarrassed my friends are like what class did you get and i said I this thing called interpersonal communication like well isn't that just talking and i'm like i guess so i don't know one of the best classes I ever took helped me out so much in my life because it taught me about listening and paraphrasing and understanding and speaking and thinking about what you're going to say instead of just blah, 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 mm-hmm. all that other good shit. Um, but the thing that led me up to that, that I want to talk to you about before we have to end out the show is how have you, have you ever dealt? And I'm, well, let me think about this. Let me rephrase this. What advice do you have for people who perhaps deal with that, that imposter syndrome? Because that's, that was actually what I did the show on last week. Somebody had a personal rec- uh, personal request for me and said, Hey, Chris, if you got an open show, I'd love for you to do it on imposter, imposter syndrome. And mm-hmm. I did some research on it because I knew what it was and I know we've all dealt with it, but I was like, let me dig into this a little bit and kind of find, you know, some of the psychological ways we can overcome that and how, you know, just be more, more verse on it since it was just me talking as, as opposed to talking with a guest. Sure. What's been your experience with imposter syndrome and what's been, <clears throat> some of the defining moments that have helped you let that go. Sure. Number one, and I'm just quick witting these just so I don't forget them, right? <laughs> Number one, because there's a, there's a lot. Anybody that's a performer, anybody that's a business owner, anybody that is trying to do big things has it, okay? And if you don't, it's coming. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Number one is that it's never going away. Yeah. You know, I remember Russell Crowe many, many years ago when he did the Gladiator film, right? He said publicly, if I knew I was any good, I wouldn't work as hard. Wow. And so it's I like, like okay, um, Russell Crowe Academy Award winner, right? It's like, okay, he he still thinks he's like nothing unless he works his butt off every day. No matter how many awards, no matter how he is in Hollywood or the films mm-hmm. that people will continue to watch. He goes back to the payment every day and it's like, if I don't work my butt off today, I'm not any good. Right. Yeah. Number two is you always need to stay in motion, right? Your higher calling needs to come out every single day of every single moment. Number three is you have to show up no matter what. Because if you can succeed in those moments where you want to give up and not do it, if that's the hardest thing you're ever going to do, you're going to move past it. You know, because every day when you're when you're doing what you love, it's not like a day you're working at all because you're driven by something greater. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number four, you don't care about agreement. You don't care about agreement about like what you're doing, if it makes sense, if people, whatever. And that leads you to not care that you're going to do a podcast. You're going to you're going to show up on video. Right. Because you're not doing it for the likes and all of that. You're doing it for what you can share. You're doing it for the difference you can make. Okay. And number five, if you're ever in a rut, you do something for other people. Get your mind out of your own skin and out of your own thoughts. Go help somebody else out. And when you make their day, then go back to your stuff and you'll look at stuff differently. That's how that's, those are like five of them that really stand out to me, but it's like, you're never, it's never going to go away. 
Yeah. You know? It ebbs and flows. I mean, it ebbs and flows in what it is that you do. And I love what you said earlier about getting uncomfortable is like when you think back on our lives and we think about the hero's journey, the Joseph Campbell story, which is an amazing depiction of what it is that we go through the, the peaks and the valleys and everything that, you know, it's, it's those, it's those uncomfortable moments, those awkward moments that help us the most, you know, when we look back in those defining moments, man, I'm so glad that, you know, for me personally, I'm glad that I was a part of a, a, a board, uh, a board, uh, in my professional career, and, and on that board, it was a private board, but because of my personality, somebody said, you should be our, our co-chair. You should be like the president of the board and go out there and be on stage and, and tell everybody what's going on. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? No, no, no. I was shy. I was shy. And this is when I was super young. I'm like, no, 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 you're a natural. And I went out there on stage and killed it. And everybody's like, you should be a speaker. You know, that's when I started speaking for industry things. And that's when I found out that if I shared my story, tons of people wanted to hear it. And it was like, it was so uncomfortable, but I'm so glad. And so I think that's one thing we can stress upon everybody that's watching this and listening to this is that, that I say once a week, I used to say daily, but I think that's too big of an ask, but I just tell people out of seven days, there's 52 weeks in a year. Is it reasonable? Is it achievable? Is it, is it, is it realistic to say I can get out of my comfort zone once out of those seven days in a way that I can learn and grow from my situation? So if I'm paralyzed and go into a networking event, can I go to one meetup every single week? And if nothing else, I walk in, I say, hi, my name's Meredith and I'm, and I'm a, I'm a sales rep for a pharmaceutical company. And you sit down and you listen to it and then you go home and you go, fuck, I did it. And then you go do it again next week. Hi, I'm Meredith. I'm a pharmaceutical sales. What do you do? And then the next week, if you, you just keep going, doing that and you build that muscle. But yeah. if you sit there and you hope, wish and pray and think about it and you do, Oh, someday I hope I'm outgoing. Oh, hope, hope someday I can start a podcast. It's like, fuck that. You have to start it today. Like go take that imperfect action every single day and learn from it. And you'll continue to grow. There's, there's that book out there. And I know you know about it. The, the, the one thing, Oh yeah, right. Yep. By, Gary Keller. Keller. Yeah. Gary, Gary, Gary Keller talking about what's the one thing I can do today by which doing so will make it easier for me to do the rest of the things. I can remember it's been years since I've, since I read it, I studied it. Um, but what are your thoughts on that? You know, to, to close out the show and then yeah. I want people to, to find out where they can get a hold of you. Yeah. What is it that you want people to really like take about, take about in far as the action of what we talked about tonight that can really help them embrace who they are, change their perspectives about their past failures and their mistakes and to get, real and honest with themselves to take that time to love themselves, to take time to think like the book says, think and grow rich. What is the, what is a summation you could put on that for people to, to really take home tonight? Sure. Um, one thing I grapple with is self-love, right. Um, in terms of loving myself enough, you know, so anything dealing with yourself, your self-esteem, your self-concept, your, your self-respect, all of that is that you need to start there and that's a daily practice, right? It's kind of like building a house. If yeah. you have a sloppy foundation, you're not going to put a third story roof on that house. It's just not going to happen. So mm -hmm. if you take yourself and you look at yourself like a house, you have to have a solid foundation. Okay. That's number one. Number two is that you have to have quiet time every day. And I know I'm repeating myself from earlier in the show, but no, it's good. I want you to put a bow on it. Yeah. But if you don't have, if you don't have quiet time, you don't know what's important to you. You don't know what you're striving for, right? You're not grounded in yourself if you don't have quiet time, right? And, it, and it's selfish in a good way, because for as much as you're giving out to other people, you have to restore yourself. Okay. And how much and, is that a day, Brian? What do you think about that? So many people think, oh, I don't have that much time for myself. I mean, I look at it. If I get 10 minutes, 15 minutes of quiet time, that's I'm doing pretty fucking good. Yeah, we, we all have we all have the time. We just choose not to decide on it or we just not choose to use it for that. Right. Yep. We all have the time. And I think that that's a very slippery slope for a lot of people is because they don't want to look for it. They don't want to change up their whole world. Right. You know, that's kind of like the, that's kind of like, I wish I would have statement, right? Yeah. You know, I wish I would have, or I didn't know that it could be that simple. Well, yeah, because you waited 10 years to do that. And then when you actually did it, you're like, wow, I built up so much meaning and such a barrier in between me and that thing I wanted to do. Then no wonder why you're, you know, because your initial meaning of what gets you to not do that thing only is going to get bigger and farther away, you know? Exactly. <clears throat> Excuse me. A couple more things is is that you you have to um, uh, you have to want it more than anything else in the world. Like air, you know, you have to want it. You, it does, you know. And here's the thing: don't look for validation in the external world. Don't look for validation of other people. Heck, I wouldn't even tell other people because as long as it makes sense to you, that's all that matters, right? Because your passions, your desires, everything you want to achieve is your thing. It's not anybody else's thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
There was a few others, but I can't recall what they are. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, what we can do is we can have you back on the show because I've loved this conversation tonight, Brian. I mean, it's been pure fire. I know between the two of us, we have definitely administered many, many strategies that people can take advantage of and start using. Not someday. They can start doing those things today. They can start making those priorities today. Hey, let me let me carve out some time for myself to journal. Let me carve out some time for myself to read a book. Let me, let me continue to enrich and grow myself and make myself a priority. And the biggest thing I tell people is like when you stop tolerating your own bullshit, Bullshit and you stop tolerating the bullshit from other people and inanimate objects. When you start really identifying what you're tolerating and you get rid of a third of that stuff, it's amazing how many resources, how much time and how much energy and how much health you can open up for yourself and just by doing those little bitty things. So Brian, where can people get a hold of you and continue the conversation, learn more yeah, about you? We sure, need to I mean, a wedding uh, planner, so you're, you're, you're a wedding planner as well and, and an aficionado for weddings as well. So um, there you go. Yeah, I mean, uh, you can follow me on uh, on Facebook. Just send me a friend request. Uh, I'm kind of I'm a really open book. You know, I love talking about. Uh, yeah, I'm a huge Andy Frisella fan, and he talks about personal excellence. You know that it's like that's the biggest the way that we combat our lives is that we we do everything to the nth degree. We become the standard, right? So look me up on Facebook. I'm there. What's on the screen right now is my business uh, Facebook business page. Um, you want to just know. say it out for the podcast people? Sure. So, uh, you know, facebook.com backslash Brian Kelm productions. So B R I A N K E L M productions, um, on Facebook. And then also though it's, uh, uh, on Instagram, my business page is Brian, Brian Kelm productions official. Uh, and that's the handle on Instagram. Uh, feel free to reach out to me. I I'm a relationship builder. I love talking to people, but I am a pretty straight up person. You know what I mean? Like where we're going to get into some, we're not going to talk about much, you know, airy fairy, superficial stuff because I, you know, that kind of stuff doesn't really Straight like me, deal. straight like me, right? No self-help fluffy bullshit. Yeah. No, no fluffy. No. How's the weather? How are the Dodgers doing? No, no, no. That's cool. Mm -hmm. If you want to talk about that stuff, but it's like, what's really at stake here? What do you really want to move the needle on and how can I help? Mm -hmm. I love that. Thank you, Brian Kell, ladies and gentlemen on the Raw and the Scripted Show. Brother, thank you, thank you, thank you. This has been a, 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 exactly what I anticipated it to be. So thank you. I'm going to put you backstage for a second. Yeah. Don't go anywhere. So I'm going to close out the show. And then so I can just still have a word with you. But thank you, Brian Kell, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. Right. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, that is fire. That was a pure fire conversation. And I encourage you, if you came into that conversation at any point in time, halfway through, because I know some of you guys, when you're watching the video cast, you guys roll in a little bit later because you think that Christopher's still mabbing and jabbing, but now we're starting the show off right away. So I encourage you to go back and watch the beginning of the show and do this thing, do this thing. Like this, you want to fucking change things in your life, write it down. See, I have a, I have stuff written down on mine. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but every day I buy these from Amazon. They're like, I don't know. 15 bucks for a whole fucking pack of them. And every day I write down what it is that I'm going to do. The top three things are my needle movers. What is going to move the needle? We talked about it briefly in here. The, the one thing, what's going to move the needle on my business? What's going to move the needle on my health? What's going to move the needle on my relationships? What's going to move the needle on my finances? What's going to move the, whatever it is for me, I choose, I usually try to put one of each and then every single day, as I'm taking that progressive action and like Brian, when I talked about stop fucking looking for perfection. It doesn't have to be perfect. Jesus Christ, just put it out. That's why they have revisions. If your book isn't perfect, put it out. Guess what? People are going to write reviews and they're going to say, oh my God, I found so many typos. Well, tell you what, um, maybe for you know a free copy of my next book, if you tell me all the typos you found, I'll give you a free copy, whatever it is might be. You can guys can get um, resourceful, but the point is, is take that imperfect action every single day because as you grow and as you learn, every single day you come a little bit wiser and a little bit wiser and a little bit wiser. And it's like the savings in your, you know, supposed savings account, I guess you put money in there and every single day, there's a little bit of interest that develops and you get that compound interest and it goes back into the principal and the principal multiplies. And all of a sudden at the end of the year, you, you put in a thousand bucks and you got a thousand and one dollar back compound interest. I'm talking about our current interest rates. Don't even get me started on the financial industry. Um, but anyways, ladies and gentlemen, it's important for you to focus on where it is that you are at. So we talked about self-love big, big, big component. Ask yourself, do I love myself? Yes or no? be honest with yourself. And if you struggle with loving yourself, what are some things you could start to do today? What are some things you could do today? I could take some time to take a bubble bath. I can take some time to read a magazine. I know so many people out there and especially women. So you women, you need to take better care of yourselves. You're always doing for everybody else, but you need to do for yourself. You need to fill your own bucket. We talked about this in this, in this broadcast. And I can't emphasize that so much. It's not being selfish. And if people start calling you selfish, fuck those people, get new people. 
period. End of story. Even if they're family, you need to be around people to say, Hey, you need to take care of yourself. Why don't you go buy yourself something nice? Why don't you go, why don't you go invest in some new clothes? You know, you haven't bought new clothes in 20 years, you know, whatever it might be, take care of yourself, love yourself. Because when you love yourself, you wake up every single day and you have a little bit more spring in your step. You feel a little bit better. You're nicer to people. People are nicer to you. You get better at your job. Your job gets you more revenue. You buy more things. You feel better. You do more good in the world. You make the world a better place. You're, you're leading by example. You're being authentic. You're being real. And guess what you do? You leave a legacy that you're fucking proud of. That's what you do. It doesn't matter what you buy. It doesn't matter what you've done or anything else. It matters what it is that you're doing in this world to leave a legacy with the people that are most important to you. So that they can say, Hey, wow, Christopher's gone, but I'm going to always live my no excuses, unstoppable life. Christopher may be gone, but I'm always going to believe in myself. So I may be gone, but the legacy that I'm leaving every single day with these videos that I do and everything else that I do in my life, every single day with people in the cashiers everywhere, I'm constantly trying to make people have a, have a great day. And so that's the legacy I want to leave behind. So you got to ask yourself, what legacy are you going to leave behind? Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be back here next week on the Ron and Scripted Show. If you guys aren't following us on the podcast, go find us anywhere podcasts are sold. Sign up for the podcast. We have a, a bazillion shows. We have 246 shows that I personally believe are quite amazing. I think there's a couple of, you know, eh, so so was in there when I first started out, but we always do that. Go out there and follow the show. I love you guys. We'll be back here next Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, we're going to be doing a solo show, I believe, next week because my guest just canceled. How did they do that? But anyways, love you guys. We'll see you next time on the Ron and Scripted Show.